Okay, so um, welcome to the latest edition of Ed Talks. This is a slightly uh, unusual one from our perspective, one which we're hoping to do a little bit more of, which is to talk to some of the key people at or within the Viewer organization and find out what makes them tick, where they come from, um, so that you know when you're contacting us who our guys are. And frankly, there's no one more important within the team than Chris Fife who here on the recording says viewer business development team, very professional, Chris, I like that. Um, but Chris has now been with us for how long, Chris? Well, it's going on uh, just over two years. Uh, it's been a very quick two years, Ed. It has been a very quick two years, I have to say, and it's been a, it's been a very exciting two years for us. So I suppose if you think about what's been going on for the last two years, um, it's been a particularly exciting couple of years. Um, for people listening, it's as well to remember that uh, you know, clearly everyone remembers two years ago the pandemic started. Um, as a business, we've clo we've had to close twice, reopen, do all sorts of things within a very difficult time frame. Yeah. So Chris's job within the organisation is as our key account manager, but a an awful lot of what he's learnt over the last couple of years by talking to people in all sorts of different sectors of the industry, I think it'd be useful to find out a bit more. So Chris, clearly you're not English. Anyone who's listened to your introduction there will just know that straight away. So tell, tell, tell us a little bit about your career journey. Yeah, I've been identified as Australian, I think uh, as a New Zealander, uh, but I am definitely <laughs> South African. Um, I know that uh, from birth. Uh, I've been living in the UK around about three years. Um, uh, as, as I said, uh, with Viewba, I've been with us just over two years. My background is very much uh, from the early days was banking, believe it or not. Um, I started my career journey in a, in a big four bank in South Africa as a uh, financial consultant. Um, and that's where I really got introduced to dealing with uh, mortgages um, and uh, origination of mortgages uh, in South Africa. So my background comes from banking. Um, back then, uh, banking was a lot different um, as far as the training that went into their staff uh, it, it was ongoing um, and I went through different uh, job roles uh, working for one of the big four banks in South Africa where I moved closer to mainly dealing with property uh, uh, in um, business development, uh, basically securing loans, home loans, uh, mortgages uh, for estate agents in the market um, and that's where I, I really got uh, uh, the interest uh, in the property market uh, from working with uh, uh, SAT agents uh, and um, around about 2000 and 2004 uh, my dad also had background in banking he was uh, in senior management um, and he he decided let's let's get out of the, uh, the the banking environment and and work for ourselves and and uh, we started a small real estate agency um, which became franchised at some time um, so, I was so how does agency how does agency difference? I'm always fascinated by this. How does agency differ in South Africa from the way you've you've come to learn it over here? Uh, look, it's uh, I think it's it's not much different from the UK market. It is obviously changing over time, uh, but there there are still your high street agents uh, that operate very effectively in South Africa, um, and uh, that's who we were competing against. We were a smaller agency dealing uh, with. Um, uh, high street uh, agencies, but there's, you know, as as the days went on, um, uh, there were a lot more smaller agencies that became established, uh, and also a lot of more online presence, 
and the market also started to change um, uh, where uh, there was a lot of um, uh, online agents that they were operating uh, in their smaller rural environments and doing very well. Uh, so I think in a way the property market also started to change in South Africa uh, before it started changing um, in the UK. Uh, obviously the UK property market being very traditional um, uh, in the early days uh, and I think um, uh, South Africa has, has tended to um, shrug that off a lot quicker. What about fees? What did you charge in South Africa? Yeah, well, seven and a half percent plus VAT was the standard uh, agency. Seven and a half percent plus VAT. God, there'll be yeah. people spitting into their, coughing out coffees and veering off the road in their cars if they're listening to seven and a half percent. Exactly. Um, seven and a half percent plus VAT um, was the standard uh, commission. Obviously, um, depending on what type of mandate you, you conducted uh, the sale with, um, it could be either an open mandate where there probably could be a bit of negotiation where there's various agents working on it. Uh, but the standard um, fee was seven and a half percent plus VAT. Um, and, okay, so so clearly you enjoyed that and at some point you decided you wanted to come to the UK. But in terms yes. of how would you describe the process that brought you to the UK? I mean, in terms of, you know, mistakes, changes, losses in your career, what did you feel you, um, how did you overcome those sort of challenges when you, when you were working? Well, uh, obviously South Africa being very diverse, um, my family is in the UK. Um, I was uh, South African born um, and my wife is a British citizen um, and also have family in the UK. My parents are also British as well. Um, and it was getting to a point where we decided to uh, explore something new um, and left South Africa. Obviously very challenging um, because I was obviously an estate agent back then. Um, and uh, I, I also got involved in business, working, selling of businesses. Um, so it was really much selling up everything and coming to a, to a, a country we had obviously holidayed before um, and leaving sunny South Africa uh, for a, a climate which is totally different. Um, and also the people are, are not different than South Africans. Um, I, I think, uh, I don't think it's a South African trait, but sometimes we've been said we come across far more pushy um, and uh, shoot from the hip, um, which works well uh, in this type of environment. I think we know what we want. Um, and, well, uh, I think it's been great. Actually, I've really enjoyed working with you because actually so often in the UK, when you employ English people, um, native English people to work in businesses, um, regional accents play such a big part of, of people's perception of you. You know, when I talk to some people, they go, oh, you're terribly posh. And equally, there'll be things can be the other way around. People may not say it, but yes. that's what they think. And what I what I yes. like about the South African accent is that it sort of cuts across all of that. Have you found that? It does. Um, funny enough, I was at a, um, a, a wedding this past weekend, and I called up obviously the hotel just to confirm my booking. And um, one of one of my friends, obviously who's a, a British citizen, says, "No, you're sounding so posh on the phone when you speak to them." I said, "No, I'm just talking normally." <laughs> this is my South African accent. Um, so yeah, you you, you are right. Um, uh, the voice uh, and and obviously the South African accent works well. Um, it can be a bit difficult. I, th I don't think the Scottish understand this. Uh, we don't really communicate well together as far as both of our accents. I battle to understand the Scottish and the. Scottish. Well, we'll come on to that in a minute because I know your remit is completely nationwide, and I know you talk yes, to all sorts of people on a daily basis. Most definitely. But in terms of your life before you were a viewer, did you have any particularly big wins or achievements that you were proud of? Anything that you like? 
Yes, um, look, from the SAT agency days, I moved on to business broking. It was totally a new environment where I became a business transfer agent where we valued and sold businesses as well. So I also got a hell of a lot of uh, diverse uh, background from that. Um, and uh, being part of a, a franchise as well, uh, we were one of the top performing um, uh, business broker and broking franchises part of uh, in South Africa. Uh, as far as commission earning, earning we were uh, also a top performing commission earner. Uh, so I, I had good success um, working uh, with, uh, in, it was a family business, myself and my father, it was a, really much a two-man show. Um, and we had good success for many years uh, in that type of environment. So um, I, I would probably keep that as a, as a feather in my cap uh, from what I've done in the past. Yeah, well, I think that's, uh, you know, it, it, it clearly shows um, with you when we're working and, I, you know, you and I work quite a lot together. But actually, because it's so fast paced, we never really had a chance to talk about what inspired you and all that sort of thing. I can remember our first chat when I think I think we had in the Crown Plaza in sunny Basel. That's right. Yes, when, yes. Came, when you came down to talk to us. <laughs> And it was instantly clear um, that you were inspired to get on with 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 whatever it was you were going to do and, and, and focus on it. But for those who um, who who may have come across you within the Viewbra, well, from from outside, just just said, tell us what you do at Viewbra. Well, my role when I was originally employed, I was employed as a, a key account manager, um, which. Um, the roles changed. I wouldn't say the titles changed. I'm now our account manager, uh, but I like to see myself as the the bridge uh, between um, what what our services offer and what the client wants. Um, I'm looking after over a thousand B2B uh, clients, uh, making sure that they're happy, um, that the service we're offering um, is uh, is making the uh, making the um, uh, the requirements that they have uh, and and need, um, and uh, building those relationships, uh, obviously to to expand on, on new services as well. And, I mean, part of I think what you've done certainly in the past has been to suggest new services. But what and and when when you're talking to people, you can then suggest what they do. And clearly, as most yes. people listening to this will know, the easiest way to sell a service to someone is to sell another service to someone you already sell a service to. Exactly. And and, and with recommendations. But um, clearly, you spend most of your time, I would imagine, dealing with a few big clients. How have you found that process? Do you, do, you, do you find there are times when you want to, well, for those of you who are only listening to this, you won't see, but Chris doesn't have a huge amount of hair on the top of his head. So when I say pull your hair out, that's the wrong expression. But <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you get times when you really do want to pull your hair out? Look, it's been challenging. I think um, my banking days um, have uh, uh, afforded me some resilience. Um, so I think I, even though I'm, I'm not known to be a patient person, um, but I am patient. Um, and uh, I think uh, when you get to know your, your clients and your key contacts uh, in those, those big organizations, I'm very keen to get to know them on a, on, on a more personal level, not really a business level. Um, so I, I try uh, make it uh, not all just business um, when I am speaking to them, uh, and and also not come across way too serious, um, uh, which which tends to help uh, building those relationships. Because um, it must have been very difficult, Chris, over the last couple of years. I mean, obviously, the last two years has been. 
well, it's been definitely virtual. Um, but I think I'm right in saying that you have finally been out and, and seeing that the people exist who existed behind the screens are actually r real. It's starting to happen again, and uh, it was basically having to uh, get used to um, those uh, on-site meetings again, um, which have started again. But it was difficult, obviously, working from home. Um, uh, but I think Zoom teams uh, did what they needed to do. Uh, which um, you know often we had catch-up meetings on on either on Zoom with video uh, or on Teams, um, which didn't stop um, the process of of building relationship with those customers. But obviously, I welcome um, the face-to-face -face visits again um, because they really do work well. Okay, so so tell us what you think it's like working at Vuber and what what do you think of the team? So just be your opinions be interesting. Yes, uh, you know, it's, it's an exciting company. Uh, you know, I've been here, as I say, over just over two years. Um, the changes uh, that I've seen um, are, are quite massive um, uh, in the volumes that, that we actually uh, are, are completing as far as appointments are concerned, uh, with new faces coming on board, uh, team restructuring to obviously cater for volumes um, as they are increasing as well. Um, and I really see Vuba as a, a tech business, um, which we have a staff who prop up that tech business and it's from your, our support team who do a fantastic job in making sure bookings are confirmed, our membership team who are really much our caretakers uh, for all our Vubas out there, our quality assurance team that looks after um, obviously uh, service issues um, and responds uh, so well to, to any service challenges. And also, obviously, our business development team, um, which um, obviously is in charge of bringing on new business and, and, and maintaining uh, the relationships with those clients. Uh, it's an exciting company, even though we are all working from home, uh, we are regularly in touch with each other, uh, whether it be on Teams, whether it be on, on, on Zoom meetings, um, or, or just uh, team meetings uh, on, a weekly, on, a, on a weekly basis. Um, exciting company um, and just to see you know be part of a, a, a organization that really has a, a service that's needed out in the market um, it, it makes it a bit easier to try and sell uh, obviously the service offering. So what are your biggest frustrations then when you're talking to people about Viva? What is it that you feel you'd like to get over but you feel you sometimes struggle to? Frustrations uh, are obviously just uh, a time, um, uh, whether it be my time, obviously I, I, I look after over, over a thousand um, business development uh, B2B clients. Um, so it's really just having, having sufficient time to obviously assist my, my client base. Um, from the client side, um, I find um, obviously high street agents, online agents, auction houses, we've got such a variety of clients. Um, time is also an issue for them. Um, and it's, it's a matter of just trying to get through as much information as possible in the shortest time frame. And it's, it's very difficult because obviously some stuff is missed along the way, uh, which will require, require a follow-up meeting at some time. But I think just everybody is so busy out there in the property market, they just want to get as much information in as possible in the shortest amount of time, just so they can get on with what they need to do. I, I mean, I your natural default is to be p polite and i'm older and sometimes not quite so polite i know one of the biggest frustrations you have particularly in the light of what you just said about time mm -hmm. is that some people don't turn up for appointments when they're being made which must be very frustrating 
It is. Um, you know, I would say it was more uh, uh, in the in the, my earlier days. Um, it, it obviously is very frustrating because of you know when 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 myself or, or any of the team members booking a, a meeting, um, it blocks out our calendar, um, so we can't accept any other appointments in uh, during that time. So it's basically closing the door on somebody else who may need a, a call or a or a catch up meeting. Um, but but saying that, I think. Uh, our name is growing out there. Um, uh, our clients are getting to know who Viewbar are, uh, and um, I, I think our time is more valued um, at the end of the day. And recently, I haven't had uh, many instances where 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 our client a client has not arrived at a okay. meeting. Well, no, no, that's uh, that's good. That, that's good to hear. So, if you had any insider knowledge, stuff that you've it, it, sort of experience that you've gained, and what and how you think you could approach clients better, mm. is there anything in particular that you would like to people to know? Mm, yeah, you know, I think we're offering over more than 20 services um, and there's really much a service in there for for every client uh, out there. Um, and I think the biggest question um, and obviously challenge is just cost um, as far as the service. Um, any any company out there, no matter what, what vertical you're in, whether you're an auction house, a state agent, it all comes down to cost at the end of the day. And uh, obviously we've got our set standard services, but we have got services uh, which can make it far more cost effective as far as open houses, as far as booking and viewing assistant. Um, and it's really up to you as the user to go and manage those uh, services to reduce cost. Um, obviously we can put everything in front of you and, and say book a viewing, book a book a, a, a open house, but you know, if it comes down to the user and, and more management of what type of services you are booking, it's gonna be far more cost effective uh, for, for a client. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's a very, very good point. And I know from, um, certainly from my point of view, having been doing this, banging the drum now for the thick end of six years, uh, I'm always trying to encourage people to look at value rather than cost of yes. the service. But, uh, and I think as a state agent, as the average age of people who are running a lot of the estate agencies out there um, gets lower and lower, they're, they're understanding more and more about how tech can help them. Um, yes. I was interested to hear you say that you think Viber is a tech platform. I mean, obviously there are three elements to it for me. There are the people, as you say, supporting the tech. There's the tech, and then there are obviously all our viewers. Um, where do you think Viber might be in five or ten years' time? Well, I just, you know, from what I see, um, we've got that network of viewers that are out there that are are excellent. Um, they they are trained and looked after them. You know, you know, we've incorporated new services uh, into the viewer network that have have really gone gone off uh, gone down pretty well. Um, and I think we're going to possibly see some some new new types of clients. Um, I'm hoping we'll get closer to the insurance industry because uh, we have that network out there um, where we can offer services for the insurance industry. But you know, with that network in place, um, uh, you know. We are very much unrestricted. Um, it's a matter of just making sure that our viewers can conduct that particular service that's required. Um, but otherwise, we're happy to incorporate new services. Um, I'm hoping at some time that we'll see an expansion. Uh, once we have our feet firmly on the ground, that we can possibly look at, identify um, uh, you know, other countries uh, where there could be a surge in the property market where we can have this, a similar type of Uber network uh, incorporated into that company. Um, and working remotely um, just shows you that it can be done from anywhere in the world, um, you, know, the help, you know, how we operate currently. Yeah, well, I think that's, that's a very good, um, I think that's a very good point. Um, 
so you talked a little bit about how the property market was changing in South Africa. How do you think the property market's changing? And when you say property market, I know that you're referring really to the way estate agents work rather yes. than necessarily the property market. So how do you think that estate agency is changing from your experience in the UK? Well, I, I see um, new uh, estate agents also, uh, uh, more online hybrid agents um, that are obviously inquiring with Uber uh, for services. Um, they've left a high street um, so there's, there's definitely still is a move uh, from uh, a lot of the agents uh, to uh, an online hybrid type of role uh, where they, they're starting off on their own um, and, and taking that, that leap, um, having some sort of, fran some of them having franchise agreements um, assigned with, with, with bigger, uh, bigger, bigger groups um, uh, to have a bit more uh, value in the name that they're trading under uh, and also obviously the systems and the, and the network. Um, but I, I think we're going to see a, for, uh, you know, a lot of movement from from high streets. Um, I don't think the traditional high streets going to go away. Um, I think there will still be a, always a place uh, for uh, for the traditional high street. Uh, obviously, for for the for the the seller uh, that wants to go and pay the fee uh, and prefer that personal service. Uh, but I think there is going to be a, a big change uh, uh, as as we move forward, especially with also the type of properties um, that have been built. Um, Know, your bull to rent, uh, your your participation uh, ownership, your 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 block properties that are going up, um, it just doesn't make sense uh, uh, to have a uh, uh, on a high street type of um, uh, a sale on those type of properties where it's going to become more your online uh, hybrids that are going to be dealing with and hopefully rely on our networks like Viewer to assist them with uh, services, uh, you know, full services relating to the sale or, or inspections of those properties. Okay, well, there you are. You heard it from Chris, the future of estate agency, more, <laughs> more perhaps. Um, I, and I agree, I very much agree that I think if, t two things for me, if, if properties become more homogenized, is completely the wrong word, but if they become easier to manage on the one hand, and if they become, um, uh, if the services that, that they're going to need can be more easily provided and the conveyancing process for selling them becomes quicker and quicker and quicker. You can mm. imagine that if you could buy a property at the push of a button, things would be very different. And I think from the Viewer perspective, um, I just wonder whether there's anything else from a Viewer perspective, if you wanted to encourage people to consider using Viewer, you know, from your experience, what do you think is the line that normally really gets people interested? You know, I think also it depends on the type of client I'm, I'm dealing with, the vertical I'm dealing with, but you don't want to replace, uh, you know, the, the negotiators out there. I think we're more for, for cover. Uh, so depending on the type of client I'm speaking to, uh, it's not necessarily outsourcing all your viewings. Uh, it's a matter of just um, using us as a, as a cushion uh, to make sure um, that you can still conduct uh, viewings, open houses on weekends, um, when you're possibly your offices are closed or you just want to give staff off. Um, so that comes across very well where we have many clients that are booking services for three, four hours on, on Saturdays and Sundays uh, regularly every week um, to, to, to manage overflow. Um, so that's that's really a positive when I'm speaking to those type those type of clients. But you know, just as far as having a, a service we can offer 
throughout the UK, uh, you know, offer services in Scotland, in Wales, uh, where you can go and view a property, get a report of a property uh, before you take that property on the market. Uh, for us to, to, to manage viewings, to manage open houses, to go and have professional photography done. It's a, it's a one-stop shop where you can literally sit in your office and, and actually facilitate a sale, uh, which, you know, at the end of the day, it just makes sense uh, uh, if, you want to, if you want to expand uh, in your market and grow your area, why not uh, bring Viewbar on board as a partner? We don't charge you a monthly fee. Um, it's an it's a opt-in, opt-out service um, and, and use it when you want to use it. Well, I think that sums it up really nicely, Chris. I think, you know, the fact from our point of view is I know whenever, from, from when I first started this, we didn't want to take over. We just wanted to be, a, a, I like that expression, a cushion. Um, and I think that um, being part of being in partnership with people, particularly in the, on the estate agency side, is worthwhile. Um, listen, I really appreciate um, your taking the time. My dogs are going berserk, which seems to imply <laughs> there's someone at the door. So this would seem to be a good, uh, good time to break. And uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ed.